Following program is your wake-up call. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to the Progressive Union. I am your host, Dorian DeLeonardo, broadcasting to you from New York City. We report the news the corporate media ignores. Joining me for this hour, as always, is my husband and co-host, Tony DeLeonardo. Well, it finally got a little chilly in the air here in New York City, and I can see some of the trees, you know, the leaves changing color, so... Can't be long before we're talking World Series. Series. So what's and going my on? My favorite playoff pinata, <laughs> Clayton Kershaw, did it again. The Chokorama. He blew up again, coughed up a fur ball on the mound. <laughs> I got curious. I went looking at this guy's contract. He had a two-year deal left with the Dodgers for $65 million. Now, after he blew up last year in the World Series... And they lost to my team, Boston. He did it. They signed him to an extension for three years for $93 million. It's insane. It makes and no sense. And what does he do? He blows up again. It's insane. Think about that. Think Kim about jo- Kim that. Kim Jong-un is having better, better luck with his nuclear arsenal missiles than this guy does in the playoffs. Funny. Um, so that kind of segues into like the first thing we're going to talk about. So it looks like the Trump administration, and of course we never hear this on the, the regular news, you know, the broadcast corporate media, the people that make $30,000 a day, um, they are too busy talking about, now we're talking about Ukraine gate, because now Russia gate's over, now we're talking about the 2020 election interference and the whole supposed like mafia style phone call that Trump had. But we're now talking about, for the third time in a row, Trump and his cronies are chipping away at food stamps. Now, you know, that was a big number that you just cited for someone who is a marginal, even if he was a great player. That's an insane amount of money to pay anybody for anything unless they're solving, like, a world problem, like a disease, for instance. You cure cancer, we'll give you that money. But, I mean, they've been in the playoffs for quite a few number of years, and I said... How is this as Kershaw always blows up? And I started. I noticed in 2015 when the Mets were playing the Dodgers in the playoffs, he started just imploding. Right. Well, what's another thing that's imploding right now is food stamps. So the Trump administration is very fixated on food stamps and they really want to eliminate them so people can starve because there's about 40 million people in this country that rely upon the pittance that we give them. Okay. A, per- a person per month gets $126 food stamp money. I thought it was 200 Okay. And that's that's $1.40 a, a meal. Okay. You can't get anything to eat for $1.40. You got to eat one meal a day, the dollar, Not menu, even. the dollar menu at McDonald's. If you can get there. And make it count. If you can get there. Or you you better go run to a dollar store and you better stock up in a lot of cup of noodles. You are eating rice. So this is what they're giving them. So people really rely on this, okay? They cobble together whatever and they try to feed their family. And a lot of children are receiving this this supplemental money. So um, they really want to get rid of it. They want to chip away $75 from it, which leaves nothing. It might as well not have it at all. Um, and they've, this is a, their third chip away at it. Um, so, uh, I want to compare this to how much money we spend a month. And I think if you're not sitting, you better. And if you have any alcohol that's available to you, or you want to get a joint lit, I would do it. Cause this is going to stress you out. And you're going to get a headache when you hear it. 
So every single month we spend, and we've been there 18 years in Afghanistan, $3.75 billion a month. $3.75 B, as in billion dollars, on Afghanistan. So that's over $36 billion a year. Right. So I say to myself, what did we get for that? What, what, what did the American people gain for that? I don't know. Nothing. I don't see any gain. Not a darn thing. Okay, so we put that against food stamps. It's not even close, my friends. Not even close. The cost. If you want to make some significant cuts, I would say pull up stakes in Afghanistan and you'll save the money that Tony just cited every year. And then we don't have to worry about how are we going to pay for food stamps. It's insanity. So that's going on with food stamps. And that is why I really don't think that the American people are really worried so much about a phone call that Trump made. I think it is the stupidest reason to impeach him. There are people that are listening that are going to maybe not listen anymore. They don't agree with me. Trump has done so many other things. He has a hotel right down the street that he is profiting from as president, defying the emoluments clause. There's a reason to impeach him right there. But they're not doing that. The Mueller report sunk to the ground because it was mishandled and Mueller was not going to save them, as Tony and I stated a million times. So now we're using this stupid phone call when the subject of the phone call is really Joe Biden's son. And it looks like Joe Biden's son might be a little bit on the shady side, Hunter. Yeah, the good son died. Passed away, I know. It was a a tragedy that his other son died. Bo, his name is Bo. And the sneak thief lives on. And he had like a drinking and alcohol problem, I believe, too. Hunter, who names and friends the, with John Kerry's son. Who names their kid Hunter? And he had some other dealing in China, and it was so hot that John Kerry's son said, I'm out of here. He was his business partner, and he said, I'm bailing. You know, if you're going to be in business with anybody, a foreign government, will you make it somebody in NATO? <laughs> yeah, invest in a new British tea company? Yeah, something safe. Or, you know, soccer balls. Right, not, not um, what was it? It's Some, energy, yeah. energy. It's always got to be something like that. Like if I was a famous athlete and they say you can live off some of these uh, uh, endorsement deals, I would say let me try the product first before I endorse. Like I love Wheaties, but you're. I would love to see me my face on the. But if you have like a father that might be running for president someday, or was a senator or vice president, like wouldn't you be careful about what you do? These people are not. They don't care. They just do whatever. So they've really shot themselves in the foot, but. See, I look at it oh, differently. Oh, you want to know something? I don't care because I don't want Biden anyway. Right. Well, actually, it's kind of good for us. So if you're not a Biden fan, and most people that listen to this show are probably not Biden fans, it's good because Biden's numbers are coming down, right? So, and I see Bernie and Warren, you know, they're still hanging in there, which means the progressive message is still very, it is the popular one. This moderate nonsense third way crapola no longer you know, is a winning you know, message. You know how I get on people's nerves when I see people putting disparaging remarks about Bernie online? I just go, Bernie Tulsi 2020. And that really makes sense. And them then they crazy. go nuts and I keep doing it. And yeah. they go even crazy. <laughs> I know, I do that too. When I when I'm in the Bill Maher chat room at the end of the week, I love to do that. They just go bananas too. So speaking of Bernie, Tony and I would like to express if anyone out there from the Bernie Team is listening by chance. Uh, speedy recovery to Bernie. 
many people have angioplasty and, and so forth, and they go on to work and live a long time. Put a couple of drops of nitro in your chicken soup, Oh, you're Ernie. so funny. So um, Keep those arteries open. We, you know, need, he, we need you. Yeah, he was really keeping a hugely, hugely uh, busy pace. I mean, what did I town halls, what stadiums. Did, what did I tell you when I found too much. out about this? What? I told him, I says, oh, well, he dies, we die. Yeah, you're right. We need him. But... He was smart enough to know when he needed to go to the doctor. He didn't feel well. He has health insurance. You see, he can speak to that now personally. And, you know, it's sad. His daughter, his daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law passed away the other day of a very rare cancer. And she happened to be like, honestly, it sounded like the woman was a saint. Her son met her, I think, helping homeless people in a shelter. And, I mean, very intelligent, well-educated. I wish I had her name here, and I don't. But, um, you know... These are personal experiences he can speak to, but at least they have health insurance and he can say that. You know, don't feel sorry for me. I know that's how he's going to talk. And what happens? We get a, a, a thieving, pussy-grabbing serpent in the White House. Yeah, I know. Who also has insurance paid by the government. So, um, where are we now? What else do we have? Oh, okay. So, we talked about this in the last show about the New York Fed. It's been pumping money into the... Um, Interlending markets. Now, if you missed the last show, you should listen to it because it's an important episode and it talks about this subject in depth. So the interlending markets have to do with the banks. And at the end of the day, the end of the day, the banks uh, have to have a certain amount of money, like they have to reach a certain level. And sometimes, you know, due to whatever cash flow, they ask their other banks, their counterparts, hey, can you loan me a few bucks for a day overnight? You know, so I reached the level. So at the end of September, the banks didn't have money to lend each other. They all asked each other and they said, oh, bar- brother, I was going to ask you. Nobody had money. So the Fed was like, holy crap, Ola, nobody has money. So what did the Fed do? They started printing money. <laughs> so they've been doing this. They were going to do it for one day, two, three. Turns out they did it all through September. Then they were going to do it till the beginning of October. That wasn't enough. And now, update, they're doing it through November 4th. Now think about it. What's today? Today's the 10th. They're already forecasting that they're not going to have enough money through November 4th. That means things are really bad. Where's all the money? What's going on? No one's telling us. Major media is not reporting on it. I think it seeped into, no, it didn't seep into CNN. Just the financial people are talking about it. And ironically, the left and the right. The right-wing shows are talking about it and the left-leaning shows like ours. But the regular media is not because uh, they don't want any panic. They want you to just talk about, you know, Trump, Ukraine, Syria. They don't want you to, like, think about that there's going to be a crash coming. So there's a lot of predictions that it's going to get pretty rough because the fourth quarter apparently is always rocky. This one's going to be rockier. Maybe we're hitting bottom. Nobody knows. I don't know, and nobody really knows. But just keep an eye on it. We'll keep looking at this story. Um, Another big piece of news today, and I'm not really happy about it, but Tulsi Gabbard made an announcement that she's been traveling in the country, and she sees that people are very disappointed that the media and the DNC are just deciding who we get to choose as president. They're not letting the voters do it. Uh, manipulating like what polls they, you know, uh, consider to be worthy and the level of donors. So, you know, this is something that bothers Tulsi. And we all know that Tulsi left the DNC because they cheated and they cheated Bernie. So uh, 
she's considering boycotting the debate. I know. It's nuts. No, I don't think it's... I think she's just... Going I to, hope she doesn't do the, it. The statement we saw, that she should do that same thing up on the... That she opening, should. That opening statement she yeah. makes. I don't think there's an opening statement. There isn't this time. Get people in the crowd. No, there's no opening statement in this one. But I think that she can do much better. And I, I did put this on her Instagram. Um, so kind of come with me on this. So I think since we have the subject matter of Syria, right, what's going on with Turkey and the Kurds, it's a perfect moment for her to speak and challenge all her opponents, who all of them are definitely, except for Bernie, are definitely in favor of these regime change wars. And I think she should target Miss Warren because Warren voted for all of Trump's budgets for the military, more money than he even asked for. And she's a hawk. She will not see this missile coming from Tulsi. It will come out of nowhere. She's very weak on foreign policy, and Tulsi will expose her for being a hawk. And there's a lot of people that don't like that because where are we getting the money for her treasure chest, all the things that she wants to promise? Well, you know what? We could get it if we got out of Afghanistan. Every time she tries to be passionate, she, she starts coming off like a shrew. Who, Warren? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm drinking a Panera bread. I just want people to probably hear me gulping. Panera bread, um, what is it called? Green tea, something or other. I don't know. Lava, like, I'm like, I'm like obsessed with this now. Every time I go by there, I have to get one. It's like my new thing. Anyway, no plug for Panera. Just happened to like the tea. So, Tulsi, I really think that she should go after Warren, and I don't think Warren will see it coming. And it should be on foreign policy, and then she can segue into, well, if we're in all these wars, how can we afford to take care of our people? And we're not serving our people well. The people are getting nothing from it. And we're just destroying other countries and killing people. And Warren's not going to be ready. Where She's good at the arguments on the financial matters and the banks. Like, she's very good on that. We, Tony and I do like her positions in that area. But she's not going to be able to defend herself on voting for all that money to give to Trump. And Bernie didn't vote for that money. But nobody else on that stage can say that. So... Tulsi can go after Warren the way Bernie can. And I don't know if, you know, I really think that that's the route she should go. Ooh, cat fight. Yeah, and I, you're funny. And I think that she also should, like, she can let loose on the DNC somehow. You know how what they do, instead of answering the question, she can insult the, the mainstream media because if they ask her something stupid. And then she can go into the tirade that she had today on, the, on her Instagram, on her YouTube, which was very well done. Just go. People love that because that's why people voted for Trump because he was anti-establishment and she is literally, genuinely anti-establishment just like Bernie. So that's the card she should play. Boycotting the debate is, is not a good idea, but floating the idea of it is interesting because she probably got on TV. She was invited on Fox, I know that. Um, I don't know where else she's she's been, but that might get her interviews. So hopefully, you know, she sees the people are going to be very disappointed if she's... Because it's going to hurt her fundraising. People are not going to be happy. Anyway, that's just my opinion. Um, California. Poor California. 
That's why I wanted to retire. I too, know it's too uh, expensive. Not gonna happen. No, you have no. to be unless we win some big money or we get a. No, I'll be traveling out there a lot. But yeah, I'll be like Jack Nicholson in Pritzi's Honor. Remember that movie? Yeah. Every five minutes he was on a plane going back and forth. <laughs> well, I hope not that. I don't think I could take that. It was Jack Nicholson so, and Kathleen Turner. They haven't played that in a while. I like that movie. It is a good movie. I wish they would play it again. Um. So this comes from CNN. Five things you should know. I get this email every day. California power outages. Long days of darkness continue for almost 800,000 PG&E customers in Northern California after the utility cut, giant cut off power in several counties to reduce the risk of setting off wildfires with electrical lines. The outages could last as long as a week for some. A forecast of strong winds is posing a major fire danger but the winds are accept, uh, expected to subside tomorrow. PG&E crews will examine their system for damage and start turning the power back on. You know what that means? This is insane. Do you know what that means? No, I for don't know. For a whole week, they will be subjected to GOP ghouls at the middle of the night. Oh, you're funny. Banging on their doors, trying to bite them on the neck. Oh, my God. Is that, be, is that what happens when the lights go out in California? They'll be led by Ted Cruz. But that's the... Or maybe Daryl Issa. <laughs> funny. Daryl Issa. Um, so this is why, like, I just can't listen to the phone call that Trump made. I just can't think about this. We have to shut off the power because of climate change. You know what I mean? We're going backward. We're going into the caveman years, right? So now we have a Nor'east to come in this way. That's the other weather news. There's a, uh, East Coast has a, a full Nor'easter with wind gusts that are going to hit Delaware to Massachusetts. I'm sure we're going to have some windy weather this? here. Uh, this is over the weekend. Yep. This weekend? Yes. It's oh going to be God. wet and windy at the end of the work week, East Coast, fall nor'easter. From Delaware to Massachusetts. I don't know if we're getting it. We'll have to. Uh, we will have to examine that situation to see if we are. Um, I'm looking for something fun, and I didn't find it. Let me go to Twitter. I love Twitter. I put so many of my stories on Twitter. If you ever listen to the show and you want to read the full stories that we do, a lot of times it's on our Twitter account, which is progressive, the letter U. So progressive at progressive U. And you will see a lot of our stories, especially the ones that I do, because that's usually where I read from. I'm telling you some of my tricks. Um, Warren Buffett also predicted a stock market crash, just adding that in there. Uh, millennials. That's what I wanted to talk about. And I'm not surprised about this. So this is from Business, Business Insider did this story. Lonely, burned out, and depressed, the state of millennials' mental health in 2019. As part of the World Mental Health Day, apparently that had passed, Business Insider looked into the state of millennials' mental health. Depression and deaths of despair are on the rise among millennials, many who suffer from loneliness, money stress, burnout in the workplace. But millennials are changing the way people look at mental health by being more open about their issues, uh, destigmatizing de de therapy. Their, uh, let's see, Pew Research said, uh, did the study, it doesn't look pretty. Depression and, uh, and deaths of despair are both on the rise in this generation. They're working longer hours, stagnant wages, suffer from higher rates of burnout. Um, 
they can't afford to get help. They're more likely to go to therapy if they can. Um, so I'm not surprised. Why would they be depressed, right? There's less union jobs, right? Wages are horrible. They're living at home. They have student loan debt, so they can't even buy a car, right, or start their life. Uh, they're worried about climate change, and they're in the streets screaming about it. They're and, saying, then they have, and then they have parents that are saying, when are you going to get married and give me some grandchildren? Right, and meanwhile, they don't yeah, know if they're right. going to have air to breathe or water to drink. Most, if you ask them, don't think Social Security and Medicare will be around for them, although they're paying into it. And people wonder why the young people are supporting Bernie, and a lot of them Tulsi. And Andrew Yang, you know why? They talk about the future. They talk about saving the planet. They talk about giving them health care. They like those things because they want security. They don't feel secure. If a person doesn't feel secure, they're going to be depressed. Uh, and if they don't have a future, they can't make their future even start. So I thought that was kind of sad that millennials uh, have these feelings. Anyway, I am going to turn over the microphone to my loving husband, Tony, and I'm going to make a little swaparama. Do I have a choice of being a, a loving husband? <laughs> you always have choices. Well, I'll never hear the end of it. It's still, it's still a democracy. She told me here. before we got on, I better be nice. <laughs> I did not. Did I say that? You better be nice to me. You're always nice. Otherwise, she's threatening not to go on this evening. Right. I'm not. So, I'm gee, gonna, you could have sat down and watched the playoffs. I'm going to storm off like I'm the star. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to start with a story from the BBC and The Guardian about a North Korean submarine, a missile launch. They have submarines No, too? it didn't take place from a submarine. Oh, okay. I think they just did that headline to uh, get, people get people's to attention. Now, the confirmation from North Korea, uh, the significant elevation from a short-range test in May... Now, this is the 11th missile launch they've done this year. So I guess Trump, no matter whatever his <laughs> he wasn't little... wasn't so effective. Yeah, he wasn't so effective. No. With, uh, they, he's, I, well, I think... They're not, Kim Jong-un is not going to listen to him. They humor him. You know what it is? Well, actually, I'm actually going to support Trump. I can't believe it. So um, Bolton was not thrilled about this bromance that he had with Kim Jong-un. So him and Pompeo kind of stepped all over it, remember? Remember the Gaddafi comment? So I think that's why Kim was just like, I'm out of here. So they actually kind of screwed up whatever it is Trump thought he was doing. So I hate it, but I have to be honest. That's really what happened. But I don't think I don't think Kim Jong-un was going to stop doing missile launches. You know what really annoys me about Trump? I mean, between the United States Football League destroying a football league. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're alone in a room with somebody that looked, I mean, this was years ago, that looked as good as Stormy Daniels and you lasted two minutes. Oh my God, you're, you're still thinking about that? You know how that annoys me? You're funny. But you got a, Trump. You got a blonde bombshell sitting there. Well, remember, he wasn't Take Trump. your time, order champagne and strawberries. Oh, and no, that's not Trump. Okay. That's not Trump. Are you kidding me? He was older, he too. Think, he think that's why he should last a lot longer than no, two minutes. He was, how old is he now? 72? Yeah. And that, he was 62. So yeah. He's not a young man. I think he just wanted 62 to... 62 and he pops in two minutes? I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to check it off his list of things to yeah, do. Yeah, he was day. probably... His attitude was, well, she just had sex with me instead of I yes, just... Yes, yes. I just scored with Stormy. Bingo. That's that's Trump, Tony. You got it. That's Trump in a nutshell. It's all about him. He amazes me. What has he got to be egotistical about? Even when he was young, he was weird looking. He had those weird eyebrows. He has a lot of... You know what? 
One thing you got to say. He is about an arrogant ass yes. if there ever was he's one. He's confident for no reason because he is a con artist and he has done a very good job at conning people. All the right. Whole, half the country, Tony. All right. Let me get back to the submarine. Yes. Well, it actually wasn't from a submarine. It was fired from a platform in the sea, which shows it would be able to launch from a submarine. It can launch from a submarine. Now, South Korean officials claim... It went far outside of its territory. It flew 450 kilometers, which is actually 280 miles. Okay. And it went. It got to as high as the altitude of 910 kilometers, which means it flew twice as high as the International Space Station. Wow, that's high. Before it went in the Sea of Japan. <laughs> that's pretty high, though. Okay, now the, the problem is, I'll get a load of the name of this thing, this missile. Uh-huh. It was the Puke Gook Song, number no. three. No, that's not the name. Puke Gook Song. No. Swear to God. <laughs> that's hilarious. Slash three. Slash three. Now. That's, that's like the cherry on top. Uh, <laughs> experts say that if this missile had been flown at a more normal range from the Sea of the Japan, it could reach all four of Japan's main four islands and all of South Korea. It could reach all four of the islands. Got it. Of Japan. That's amazing. They want to go. They're gunning for Japan. The North Koreans. I'm oh, telling no, you. They are. They are. Because from 1900, Japan's nervous. from 1900 till about when World War II ended, Japan used to boop with North Korea unmercifully tortured these people like they did in the rape of nanking north korea wants payback with these japanese i'm telling you mm. when i read about what they i see i didn't know that i know they messed around with mainland china but i didn't know they messed around with north korea when i read about it i was like oh no wonder they, well, they keep must be very nervous when they see trump chilling around with their with yeah. buddy there kim all right next story and especially after they saw what happened with Syria. This is Labor 411. It has to do with General Electric. Okay. Yeah, now, their well. CEO makes $15 million a year. His name is H. Lawrence Culp. Sounds like a jerk. Monday, he's getting a $21 million compensation package. He's the first uh, owner that came in. Non-family. Non-family, right, exactly. Yeah. And that's in the hundred uh, over uh, Over... 126 years that General Electric wow. has been in. But General Electric is freezing pensions. And I'm doing this story because we have a personal friend that did work for GE. Yes, a retiring. And he's booping a pickle right now. A little bit, yeah. Worried. I mean, so far, it's not affecting him, thank God. But Now, 20,000 employees will be affected. Now, they say they're doing this because the $8 billion pension deficit. No people that are retired now will be effective, affected so far. Right. If the company dissolves, there's a problem. Okay, yeah, they have a way of making the pensions disappear. Yep, it happens all the time. There's no guarantees. It's scary, okay, right? Okay, these, these big CEOs, they have a way of sucking it up there. Boop! But look at the, big, look at the payday he gets. Yeah. And then these people are not going to get their pension. The people that have put into it. Remember, you're working for the company and so you're putting into it. So no new hires have been enrolled in the pension plan since 2012. So if you got on, you were started working for General Electric in 2013, you're not even part of this. Nope. They didn't offer it to you. Yeah. Which is not good because you need, it's good to have a pension. Pension's now, a good thing. Now, when the pension is frozen, no benefits. I can't even read what I wrote here. <laughs> 
They don't get benefits. Are, 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 I forget what I wrote. I can't. They don't earn them and they don't get them. No benefits are earned. Right. I, I have chicken scratch now. But remember, they've put money into the benefits already, so it's but like they lost their money. Can you let me get to the last Sorry. part of it? Sorry. But federally insured, it is federally insured, and employees have access to the money they have already accrued. It's kind of like on my job. For now. It's kind of like on my job. You get canned. You take whatever's the pension, you will, and you they say, bye-bye, get lost. But you have to leave? You have to be fired. So let's say these people like stay in the job and they have this money. Is there a guarantee that they're going to get it, regardless of what happens to the company? Because I think G is going out. Yeah. It's, I think it's spiraling out of control only because of the people that we know that are personally involved. I think that there's a big problem. Something to watch. Keep your eye on G. Don't invest in G. Uh, I don't even. Amazing, I don't right? even see a lot of. Gen, gen, I used to buy General Electric light bulbs. I don't even see them in the stores anymore. Well, every refrigerator all I, I ever had see for years was General. Electric. Is all these companies I've never heard of, and I don't trust them. Because they come from other countries now. Uh, what country would that be? Oh, that would be Anton Chinese secret. <laughs> in your fortune cookie. In my fortune cookie. <laughs> I'll get to that in a little while. <laughs> and as of yesterday, BMW's SUV division will be moved from South Carolina to China. No way. Are you kidding me? No, oh, I'm not boy. kidding you. No kidding. More Trump voters are getting in the boop. Yeah, and Tesla will also build a new plant in China to avoid Trump tariff. Unbelievable. Yeah, look, the tariff backfired on us. So underneath this article they wrote, are you tired of winning yet? Yeah, I know. Who's winning? So Who's meanwhile, winning? In, my, in that South Carolina, you know, they get away with this because South Carolina is a right-to-work state. That's right. Yep. That's one of the early states to vote, you know. That's the third state to vote. First is New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, Nevada. Okay, those are the four states that are the uh, the earliest voting states. Um, oh, are you done? No, I'm not done. That's all right. I'm okay. Microphone hog. Oh, you're funny. I don't want that. Now, a uh, friend of mine at my job, he told me about, because I'm a Netflix subscriber, and whoever has Netflix should see the documentary called American Factory. Oh, I got to watch that. You have to watch it too, yeah. dear. Yep. I'm, I'm interested. It is know. about how a Chinese businessman came into a Dayton, Ohio, bought up an old GM plant, auto plant, and the mayhem and the chaos afterwards between the culture clash, the way they think, that the Americans don't want to deal with it, they try to unionize, and he said he would... Cl- it, 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 you, ha- you have to see What's this. What's the name of the documentary again? American Factory. American Factory. Okay, and it's on Netflix. Yes. Okay, so that's a program note that we're giving out to you folks. Uh-huh. That's your homework. So that's a plug. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned the script Sacred Cows right. by Joe Esterhaas. Yeah, Tony's on a tear reading scripts. It's like living with a movie mogul. Really? <laughs> what else do I have to do? You're so Talk funny. to the wife. <laughs> <laughs> Men are going to love that. So 120 pages later, she's still there. Uh, God, you poor baby. Stomach full. Now, Sacred Cows, I was I was interested in this script because I had read about it years ago when Esther Haas was at the top of his game. He was selling laundry lists for millions of dollars. <laughs> he's hiding out in Ohio now. He's a born-again Christian. And, uh, oh, he is? Yeah, he's, you know, he had throat cancer. Uh-huh. 
And I've been on a tear buying quite a few of his old scripts that were selling for millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. I bought something he wrote in 1981 called Platinum, which was good. It was pretty. It, it, I mean, you know, you'd have to whip these things into a little, you know, well, you'd have to tighten them up a little bit. This one that you're reading, though, has a political angle, which okay. is what you're mentioning. I read another one called Original Sin, which I got interested in because... Um, Bon Jovi wanted a part in the movie. And when I read the script, I knew exactly what part he was probably interested in. It has to do with like reincarnation and a lover's triangle from years ago and past lives. It was actually very interesting. And the lead character in the movie was not a cop. He mm -hmm. was a talk show host. Interesting. Which made it even more interesting for me. Because every movie, the lead is always a cop <laughs> or a cop. Or a retired hitman on the run. <laughs> or a zombie. Or a superhero. So you tell them what Sacred Cows okay. is about? Uh, let me... No, because it's funny. Okay. <laughs> Sacred Cows is about a, a president who is being blackmailed by his opponents before re-election. He had been caught in photos having sex <laughs> with a cow. <laughs> Oh my God! Some people are just he was waking a up. He was a Democrat. His name was Sam Parr, <laughs> and he was from the South. And he was right? being blackmailed by his GOP conservative opponent named Jim Taylor. Mm -hmm. And I read it. It is odd. It is fun. It's fun. It's another script that could be tightened up by ten it's like pages. Like a black comedy sort of. He has a wife named Emily, and she finds she knows he was a horn dog, but and she finds out about this. <laughs> she, he's got a. She know about the BCL. He's got a um, a girlfriend who works in news. She's a she's an anchor woman. Her name is Lacey. She's he's got a daughter named Connie who is a trollop, and then she abuses him, and he tells her, "You're a slut. You've been <laughs> a slut for years. Will you may, maybe you inherited from somewhere." The he son, told her that she was a yeah, slut. The son, He's got a lot of yeah, the son, because she was ragging him about what he did. Right, but I'm sure she kept it to humans. Okay. It's an This I got interested in this script, because, and it went for $2 million, believe it or not. No, I believe it. On spec. Because money. Bill Clinton, somehow a copy of this landed in his lap. Because mm -hmm. he what hurt year was this? 1992. Oh, that was when he was running. They said Clinton took it home. He never saw it again. They said he turned green when he read it. Yeah, because it sounded like it was about him. That was when everything was coming about Jennifer Flowers and all these women. Remember? So he was plus, like, you know, he's a southern boy. You know them. Yeah, they were. He was afraid they were going to make parallels. About you know him. them, them, them farm boys. You know what I mean? Well, he yeah. was tra he was trailer park. Right. He wasn't farm boy. Right. How funny. But I'm sure, you know, Clinton could find his way into a barn. Whatever. We'll just leave it there. That, as you would say, that's... Like I said, problem. out of the three... Out of, well, like I said, out of the three of <laughs> these scripts that this man... You know, there's quite a few that I would like to read by him that, you know... They were bought and then because he started becoming like a tyrant in Hollywood, he's been, you know, cast like uh, like Napoleon on an island. But he made a lot of money. He made a lot of money. A lot of money. Out of all three, I mean, this was a very strange script. It's a black comedy. It would be good. I don't know if anybody would. I mean, I really don't know. I mean, in, that, in Hollywood, you never know. Out of the three, I think the most interesting of the wall was Original Sin. Mm -hmm. I think that would have been a good one. And uh, I don't know. They, I forget. Um, 
I think Stanley Kubrick read the script, Sacred Cows. Mm -hmm. He goes, it was some of the funniest things he have ever read. He goes, I could see him liking it. And he wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. That's funny. If he wouldn't touch it, nobody would. So, um... Just a little note at the end. I don't know if anybody's a Nirvana fan. I like Nirvana. I think out of those 90s bands, they were one of the more interesting bands. No, you no, didn't like them? No. I like them. I liked Soundgarden. I liked Alice in Chains. Well, I liked. All part of that wave of, you know, the grunge. So, Kurt Cobain was famous for being on the MTV Unplugged, wearing this really, I mean, they just dress like slobs, guys. Let's say, face it. But he's wearing this like green cardigan and it's a very famous picture and very famous MTV Unplugged. It's got to be like one of the most famous episodes they had. So the cardigan is going on auction and it looks like it could fetch $300,000 for this cardigan. $300,000 going up for auction. Yeah, you know what else went up on auction? Mm -mm. The axe that Jack Nicholson used in The Shining. Oh yeah? That, got, that got six figures. Wow. I could see that if people are fans of The Shining, Jack Nicholson. I don't know. It's a little weird. What are you going to do? Display it in a uh, frame in your house and have people over? I don't know. These rich people have nothing to do yeah, with their they, money. I they know. have to own these very, no, very true. odd things. This will take more than 300000 Trust me. There's going to be somebody that really loved that era where their kids liked it at that time. And somebody's going to spend a lot of money on it. But it was a big deal. Um that that whole look that they had a kind of the grunge look but um it, it's a salvation army sweater <laughs> it probably cost him like two dollars which is kind of the odd you know part of it you know but did Rich you ever hear the, sto the, the story sandy koufax the pitcher from the dodgers mm -hmm. his father bought no not his father i'm sorry at an auction one of his jerseys went on sale now this is a guy that had elbow problems he retired because his elbow just started to crumble so a father bought the son at auction one of his old jerseys. Mm -hmm. Kid put it on. He had it on for a little while. And then all of a sudden the kid started to scream. Why? Because the medicine that Koufax used to use for his elbow was still in the fibers of the uniform. Oh, even if he washed it. He, they washed it out, washed it, and it still stayed in there. And the kids started, they had to get it off him because, oh, because the kids started to scream. Yeah, because maybe he should So have God knows stuff. what this guy was using when he was a pitcher to get right. out on the mound, his elbow. Right, and maybe the kid had an allergic reaction yeah. to it. No, they said it burned him. Yeah, well, maybe he was allergic to it. He's a kid, too. Yeah. Maybe it's like not for kids. I looked up the name, um, just so we can say condolences, to Bernie Sanders' uh, daughter-in-law. Her name is Rainy Riggs, um, and she had a very rare form of cancer. Um so just she found out what her diagnosis was and she died two days later very sad so we send condolences to the sanders can family. i have can i have the name of the cancer because i'd like to put it on a gop wish list uh, why did they all get it oh yeah um well certain ones definitely all right this is the name of the cancer oh neuroendocrine Neuro it's very rare very rare cancer. Very the endocrine, hard. the endocrine system, and the nervous system. Yeah, I guess. it's very hard to. Um, it's very hard to uh, detect. And her, his son Levi, met her while she was working at an emergency food shelter. Imagine, and she helped homeless veterans in particular. And she volunteered at Ground Zero, firing following the nine eleven attacks. So, 
They sound like a really nice family. Doesn't see, It doesn't seem fair, does it? No, it would be nice to have a family like that in the White House, huh? Yeah. All righty, so that's our show for tonight. Um, we will be with you soon. And Tulsi, we want to see you in the day next week. In honor of sacred cows. There you go. Moo. <laughs> see ya.